There are many ways people listen to Vision, including in cars through the Vision app. The Vision app is compatible with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. So if you have mobile coverage, you can stream any of Vision's live radio channels in crystal clear quality and enjoy a growing range of on-demand podcasts all on the go. There are other ways to connect your phone to your vehicle speakers too. You can see detailed instructions when you Google ways to listen to Vision. However and wherever you listen to Vision, you can be sure that the announcers, programs and music will help you look to God daily. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Let's turn our attention today again to some significant issues around what we understand as the gospel. The good news that Jesus told to the disciples, that the disciples preached, that the kingdom is coming. And there's a word in here that is so, so important. The thought of a jubilee and what a glorious time that will be, a restoration of all things for the kingdom. So a conversation that talks about what is coming, the expectation that Christians might have, an understanding perhaps a little deeper into what Jesus intended and what the disciples heard him teach when he taught about Jubilee and about the kingdom. Uh, let's get another insight once again today. Good to be able to welcome back Pastor Enoch Lavender. He writes regular articles about current events. He's recently re- relocated from Melbourne to Tweed Heads. He's connected with a church called Kingdom Church. He's director of Olive Tree Ministries. He also serves on the board of Teach All Nations, the ministry of Dr. Camille Majdali. Uh, Enoch, a special welcome back to 2020. Thank you so much, Neil. Enoch, talking things like kingdom and jubilee, I want to ask you, first of all, about something really significant. The thought of a trumpet sound, because so many of us will remember the story of the people of Israel walking around the walls of Jericho, and then on the seventh time around, the blast of a trumpet and the walls fall down. What has that got in significance for our understanding of kingdom and jubilee? Uh, Great question, Neil. Uh, I'll try to unpack it a bit for you, uh, because in the Hebrew, as we read a story that has become almost like a Sunday school story for us, we we enjoy it, we sing the song, we march around those walls, it becomes almost a, a fun cartoon type event. But it actually has dramatic significance as we understand that The word here for trumpet sounding in the Hebrew literally is the jubilee. So they are sounding the jubilee. Now, the jubilee relates to your entering your inheritance. And here Joshua is leading the people of Israel across. They're encountering opposition. They're encountering this impenetrable city of Jericho. But God gives them instruction of how to enter their inheritance. They are to sound the trumpet of the jubilee, and God himself, through his angels, brings down those walls and they begin to enter the promised land and their inheritance that had been waiting for so long. And so when we think of how Australian Christians think about these things, I know a lot of Christians will recognize that we'll look forward to a second coming, that Christ is returning. And, you know, you might even reflect on Uh, Those words, I think it's in uh, 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 4, the trumpet sound. 
uh, there's a trumpet sound coming. So the trumpet sounds from the walls of Jericho falling down to the trumpet sound at the return of Christ, this is actually significant. It's really significant. So uh, I've been wondering for quite a while, why are they sounding the trumpet at his return? Why not the harp? Some evangelical, uh, angelic music. Well, uh, the trumpet, yes, is a wake-up call, but it also relates to the jubilee. And so entering the inheritance, yes, we see that through Joshua, but there's another instance, and that is probably our best example in the Bible, giving us a foretaste of Jesus' second coming is a story of the people of Israel coming to Mount Sinai. They come there, they've left Egypt behind, and God says, prepare yourself. I'm going to come down. And when God comes down on the mountain, after they have cleansed themselves, got themselves ready, the trumpet sounds. But the word there, trumpet, is again the word jubilee. It only occurs four times in the Bible. Here in the story of Exodus 19, with the Mount Sinai, in the story of Joshua and Jericho, and apart from that in Leviticus, describing the technical aspects of the Jubilee. So when a trumpet sounds, the presence of God comes down physically on the mountain and everyone is in awe. We know he's coming back and is coming back at the sound of a trumpet. Could it be? It will be a Jubilee trumpet announcing his return and what he is intending to do when he comes. So when that trumpet sounds, the expectation that there will be a dramatic thing happens, a restoration is signaled, a restoration is on its way. So at the trumpet sounds, what's likely to happen? How do we glean something from Scripture uh, to help us understand what we might expect? So Paul describes... Uh, his return also in 1 Corinthians 15. And there he describes that we'll all be changed in an instant at the sounding of the, the last trump, uh, the last trumpet, we should say, in our modern English. Uh, and there he also is describing that the dead will be raised. We see it in Thessalonians. We see it in 1 Corinthians. The dead will be raised first and we will be changed. In other words, you know, the ultimate restoration is when someone is dead. They have lost everything. They've lost their lives. They are in the grave. There's coming a day when that trumpet will sound and that will mark the restoration of life to all these bodies of believers. Let's get a little personal with this for a moment because so many of us will say, well, I lost my parents. Uh, I have this hope inside that I'll one day see them again. Others saying, well, I lost a child or I lost a spouse, and even though I was filled with grief, I was in a state of mourning, my heart was broken, uh, this hope that we have in Christ, that one day we will see those loved ones again, do we understand like that in a time of restoration, that this is a part of a reuniting together with those loved ones who have died in Christ? There's a beautiful painting I've seen uh, that pictures people being raised from the dead and just embracing and hugging each other physically here on earth. Now, if we unpack that a bit, we can look at the story of Mary, Martha and Jesus and how Lazarus had died and they were so upset because Jesus didn't get there on time. What's going on? And they, they were crying and you could see their tears were impacting Jesus. And Jesus said, well, you will see him again. And Martha replies, yes, I know, I will see him at the resurrection. Her expectation was to see him physically 
in the flesh in a time to come. Now Jesus replied, I am the resurrection. And he gave her a foretaste of a great res- resurrection to come as he raised up Lazarus. So there's a dimension there in Lazarus rising from the dead, uh, which was, uh, first of all, I guess, the reputation of Jesus rose so dramatically before he rode on the donkey into Jerusalem. He was on his way uh, to become the sacrificial lamb. But there's something here. You're pointing out there's another dimension to this, that Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, and you pointed out that there's some words that Jesus uses at that time. I am the resurrection and the life, and that even though you die, yet you will live. You're saying this is like a foretaste of what is to come. While we appreciate the story of Lazarus rising, this resurrection is something that is appointed for all who die in Christ. Yeah, so uh, when the early believers, the early church, faced intense persecution from the Romans, The Romans discovered soon that the believers didn't give up. And they endured all kinds of persecution and affliction for their faith, and even death. And the Romans discovered that their secret was they believed in the resurrection. They'll be raised again. You take away my life now, I'm going to get it back. So the Romans devised a plan. They burnt the bodies of some believers and scattered the ashes and said, well, you know, try and see what will happen now, basically hoping that their hope would be crushed. They no longer have a hope in the resurrection and they would crumble. But the believers knew that God can take even the dust of the ground and recreate the life that was there. And so they believed there's going to be a restoration coming. And so you take away my life, I'm going to get it back, I'm not going to lose it, God has given it to me and I'm going to follow him today. Does this empower the believer because uh, verse that comes to mind, uh, the one that says, you know, don't fear man who can kill the body. Fear God who could kill the body and the soul and cast them into hell. And sometimes we think that is a negative. But what you're indicating here is that fearing God actually has this expectation that God is the one who's going to be the restorer of all things. And so he's the one you would actually put your faith your reverence, your fear in. Absolutely. Uh, it's, uh, I believe this message of the resurrection is essential for us as believers, as times get tough, uh, that this was what sustained the early church. And in fact, it sustained the Old Testament saints as well during times of persecution. They too, uh, in the records of the story of Hanukkah, which occurred 150 years before Christ, there was intense persecution. But there even young children who were facing the sword willingly gave themselves over to their persecutors, saying, I have received these hands from my Creator. I believe He's going to give them back to me. I received this life. I believe He'll give it back to me. And it empowered them to look forward to something ahead. And maybe this is what Jesus had in mind. When he describes the end times, Matthew 24, Luke 21, and he says, when all these things begin to happen, lift up your heads, lift up your eyes, for your redemption is coming near. In other words, there is a restoration coming. In other words, the end times is a positive message of something wonderful about to happen, the restoration of all things. A restoration of all things that the Christian puts their hope in. Uh, Tell me, though, about people who are in Israel today, who are waiting for a Messiah, who are awaiting uh, the Jubilee in the sense of 
they don't believe that that jubilee has come yet. There's a difference here in how people are treating these things. How do you see the contrast? So it's really interesting that to this day, among the Jewish people, the key phrase to describe this messianic age is what they call the redemption of Israel. What they mean by that is, finally, the kingdom will be here in its full dimensions. The king of David's heir will reign on the throne. They'll have the full inheritance promised to Abraham. There'll be peace on earth. The lion will lie down with the lamb. It will be the presence of God dwelling among his people again. And this is their expectation. So they're also believing in a resurrection. Now, if you were to go to the Mount of Olives today, you and I might be surprised by what we see because the Mount of Olives, both in Jewish faith and in our faith, is where the Messiah is going to come. And this is one of the world's biggest graveyards, the Mount of Olives. Why? It's a very lucrative spot because they want to be there. They want to be the first to rise again when he comes. They want to be there to, to welcome him. And we might say, uh, if, we're, if we don't make it and we're buried here, uh, will we rise at the same time? Here's an opportunity for you to speculate. Well, it says that the, the trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will rise. So I do believe that there is a resurrection for, for everyone. Now, will we then all transport over to Jerusalem and visit him there and come back again to Australia? I don't know how it works, but what I do know is that the Bible describes that God has given an inheritance for the nations. Now, not just the people of Israel in the land of Israel, but he gave the children of Edom, the land of Edom next door. And by extension, I believe, he's given all nations an inheritance. And us too, here in our backyard, here in our nation of Australia, I believe this is part of our God-given inheritance. Well, I think listeners can hear that this is a bigger topic than we can cover in just a short time. Uh, you have got something big coming. You're going to be releasing your own book uh, just a little while away in October at what's called the Kingdom Festival, a six-day event that's on in October, 15 different speakers. You've got keynote speakers, uh, Andrew Tucker and Johannes Gerloff from Christians for Israel. You've also got the likes of Wendy Francis from the Australian Christian Lobby and Scott Devlin from Creation Ministries. At that conference, you're also launching your new book. Yes, that's exactly right. And, and uh, God willing, we're working on it right now to be ready in time. But uh, we'd like to welcome you all to come to Kingdom Festival as we celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles for a week-long event with teaching, time for family, fun and connection, and time to honor the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, looking forward to his return here on earth to rule and reign. Well, no doubt for some listeners, a conversation like this has whet your appetite or even introduced a fascination with believing and understanding things that are coming in the end times. Uh, those sorts of words like jubilee or kingdom, and today even understanding a different way of thinking about what it is that a trumpet will sound. And those sorts of deeper meanings that we might glean from a Hebraic understanding of scriptures and what we understand as Christians today. Let me point you to the two websites. One of those, first of all, kingdomfestival.com. That's all about that kingdom festival that's on. Uh, that's going to be happening on the Gold Coast in Queensland. Uh, so you might be planning something in October. The Kingdom Festival. The website kingdomfestival.com and also to connect personally with Pastor Enoch, 
pastorenoch.com.au. And there's some resources also available in Vision Store at vision.org.au. Pastor Enoch, great catching up. Thanks so much for sharing your thoughts with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.